To listen to Memory Card episodes early and ad-free, consider supporting the show via Patreon at patreon.com slash memcard. Hey there, video game fans. I'm Ben Bertoli. And I'm Push Dustin. And this is Memory Card. So, Push, I wanted to start things off today on a very like positive note because mm-hmm. things are going to get extremely... I don't want to say depressing, but very negative. Are you the type of person that's like, you know, I have good news, bad news. You always choose the good news first. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the thing. I think I always um, ask people what they want to hear first. Oh, okay. But in this case, I'm, I'm telling you, we're going to do something fun and positive. <laughs> I'm curious about what you, how you feel about like the good news and bad news. Do you take the good news, get it out, start mm. high or end high? Yeah, I think I want the good news first. I actually, I, I go the opposite. Really? Yep. You're a bad news, good news guy. Yep. So you end on a high note. Hmm. Yeah, because I'm just like, okay, just just tell me the bad news because otherwise, like, it will, like, dilute my reaction to the good news because I'll just, in the back of my mind, I'll be like, okay, so what's the bad news? <laughs> like, when they tell me the good news. So I might as well yeah. just tell me the bad news first and then I can be like, oh, it's not that bad or, oh, God, we have to fix this right away. <laughs> then I can, you know, swallow the good news. So it's like your kangaroo escaped, but we bought you a new giraffe, something like that. Yeah. Like it's bad, but then it's good. Yeah. All right. Well, the the good positive thing we're going to start off with is what do you think is the best console generation? Mm. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't know the generations by actual like number, like, oh, the fifth generation. But, you know, like yeah. the PlayStation era, the Dreamcast era. Uh, mm-hmm. The PlayStation 4 era. Which one do you also, think was the best overall? There's also a lot of contention over like the numbering, isn't there? I know, I know that like Wikipedia has their own standards, but like some people disagree because uh, there's ones that like kind of fall in between, yeah. like the Wii U and stuff. Like, hey, does this one or the Switch? You know, does it belong here? But mm-hmm. uh, you, you kind of know what I mean. The, yeah, yeah. Which which consoles that were competing against each other do you think had like the best lineup overall? I would say. Um, like, I don't know if it's just, like, my bias with my age or anything like that, but I think the GameCube just was really strong, even though I know it was, like, one of the worst-performing Nintendo systems. I mean, not counting the Wii U. Right. But, like, I felt like the library of games that I had was just, like, so strong and, like, so, um, I don't know, just perfectly geared towards my interests at the time. So, I think I have to go with GameCube, which I, I guess is a little bit, I don't know, like, of course... <laughs> because it's like um, the the memory card logo is like obviously inspired oh, by the yeah. GameCube. That's true. Well, we're talking about the whole like video game era there, so that kind of pulls in uh, the original Xbox, yeah. and the PlayStation Two. Yeah. So there are definitely a lot of classics there. I mean, if you're like a big fan of Halo or mm-hmm. um, Kingdom Hearts, Blinks the Time Sweeper, everyone loves that game <laughs> for the original Xbox. Oh no, Kingdom Hearts was PlayStation Two, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, let's see, Katamari, Damashi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Honestly, I think that I would pick that as well. And I think you're right that it might have a little bit something to do with, um, you know, where we were yeah. um, at, in our lives during that time. But mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of quality games. I think it stands out. Although, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the Nintendo 64. And I think if we put favorite games along with nostalgia, I think that is my favorite system of all mm-hmm. time which I, I know is like a huge uh, controversial opinion because a lot of people think it was like, you know, didn't have any good games or that it didn't have enough good games. 
But it had like Goldeneye in, in Perfect Dark and Mario yeah, Kart 64, which is like all really strong games. There's always people who are like, they could never make a Nintendo 64 like mini because there aren't like 20 good games to go on there. And I'm like, I can list like 50 good games that were on the Nintendo 64. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I could list more than that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I could at least get to that point. So, all right. Well, with the uh, positivity out of the way, mm-hmm. let's let's get to the negative stuff. Oh no! So this episode was kind of inspired by a podcast episode that I listened to from the podcast Radio Lab, and it was called Worst Year Ever. Worst period, year, period, ever, period. And, you know, it's just the last few years have been pretty rough on everybody with the pandemic and uh, the economy and everything else. And people just kind of wanted to know, like, are we living through the worst, you know, times possible in recorded history? Mm -hmm. Is it really that bad right now? Or are we, you know, just do we actually have it easy, like, you know, like Grandpa says? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he had to walk 20 miles uphill in the snow when he was a kid. Barefoot. So it must be a lot worse. So they talked about, you know, when people think of, like, the worst years, they think of, like, world wars, and they think of, you know, horrible disease outbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, but according to a lot of historians and also scientists, the uh, worst year to be alive was, here, do you just want to take a guess, it was sometime in the last 2,000 years. Just take a stab at it. Last 2,000 years? Yeah. So, it wasn't in the... It wasn't before the common era, you know? Okay. Um, I mean, there's so many bad years. Like, the the Black Plague like killed like 30% mm-hmm. of all Europeans or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to go with that, I guess. <laughs> what year was that? I don't know when the Black Plague was. Yeah, I don't um, know. I, I want to say, say you're close because I believe this was uh, considered almost the start of the Dark Ages, and it is the year 536. Okay. So this is like uh, officially at least uh, voted on by historians and scientists the worst year that ever existed for humanity that was recorded. And basically what happened was there was a volcanic eruption in Iceland, Mm -hmm. and it spewed all this like ash and debris into the air, and it blocked out sunlight for the Middle East and most of Europe and also a good chunk of Asia for 18 months. Oh, wow. Starting in 536. And so it wasn't like there was no sunlight, but the quote from some um, ancient historian from the Byzantine Empire was, for the sun gave forth its light without brightness, like the moon during the whole year. There was no shadows, Mm -hmm. like the sunlight wasn't direct enough for there to even be shadows. And this caused, like, temperatures to drop and crops failed. Um, It started, like, snowing in the summer in China. Mm -hmm. And millions and millions of people starved to death because there were, like, no crops. The Irish had some kind of, like, bread shortage. There was a plague of rats. And, yeah, it wasn't great. It was essentially, like, the start of, like, the collapse of the Roman Empire. And it kicked off the coldest decade in the past 2,300 years. Mm -hmm. So, not good. Very, very bad. And the worst part is that no good video games came out at all. No. Yeah. It was terrible. They had nothing to, you know, to entertain themselves with. Right. Yeah. They were at home, starving to death, their crops failing. 
and they couldn't even play Pac-Man, Smash Brothers Melee. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Didn't terrible. even have electricity. So after listening to that, you know, horribly depressing podcast that was super interesting, <laughs> I was like, you know, we should have our own worst year ever when we talk mm-hmm. about uh, video games. But a little caveat is I wanted to make sure that it was modern video games because yep. whenever you ask the question, what was the worst year in video games, especially from North American standpoint, people are going to say E.T. <laughs> well, yeah, essentially. <laughs> but, um, you know, E.T. was kind of the beginning of the video game crash yep. in North America, which was the early uh, 80s, 1983 to be more precise. And so we're, we're not counting that. We're saying once everything picked back up in the late 80s, Mm-hmm. And, you know, until now, what is the worst year in gaming that ever existed? So did you, like, look at the Metacritic scores or something, like the review scores of games that came out? Wikipedia actually has really good breakdowns of, like, everything that happened in mm-hmm. video games for almost every single year. It kind of fluctuates depending on, like, you know the further back you go, but they have like events that happened and studios that were, you know, like dissolved or Mm -hmm. uh, people who died, you know, games that came out that were great games that came out that were terrible. So I just kind of went through and jumped around to different years that I thought might be the worst and uh, found the ones that I thought, you know, were the biggest contenders and the one that I think is the worst modern uh, year of gaming history. Mm -hmm. So it's important to note though, that like, there's no like obviously worse year. Like every year yeah. that I looked into, there's like, wow, you know, oh my gosh, that sweet Zelda game came out that year or some, you know, hit game that everybody loves. So I'm going to talk about the good for these years and then I'm going to kind of, you know, focus on the bad as well. Mm-hmm. But you, you'll kind of see that it's a balance. But the, the one year that I picked has more negative things in general. <laughs> so... The first year that uh, that came up when I was searching around was 2005, mm. and this was the year when some good games came out. Like I said, Mario Kart DS came out, Resident Evil 4, God of War, Guitar Hero, Psychonauts, um, Shrek Super Slam for the DS. Yep, all classics. It's one of your favorites, yeah. This was also the year that the Xbox 360 came out, mm-hmm. and a lot of issues with that. I know you said what you owned one and got the red ring of death. Yeah, I had it for like um, a week <laughs> and uh, it just got red ring and I, I just returned it and got a refund. There you go. Yeah. So I think, you know, this was it was a little a bit of a rough launch for the 360 because there were, you know, problems with them and they kept uh, like dying and things like that. The Game Boy Micro mm-hmm. was uh announced and if you don't know this was like a tiny tiny version of the game boy advance it's a cool little system but it sold very poorly yeah i mean it's almost too small yeah like especially if you have like big man hands like me like i just can't quite you know make it work although the screen is probably like the best backlit you know official nintendo screen that's ever been put out yeah the ps3 was revealed at e3 and then i don't know if you remember but it had that like huge it almost looked like a grill like that was the joke yeah. That it looked like a like one of those grills that you make like paninis on or something. I remember that. And it was like super expensive. It was something ridiculous, like $600. And everyone was just like, are you kidding me? Like this thing is like a chonkster and I'm going to have to remortgage my house for it. But it had a Blu-ray player in it. Uh, I did. Honestly, that was like the biggest thing. I, I'd almost convinced my dad. 
I think, to buy a PlayStation 3 because I was like, oh, dad, I could play Blu-ray. Yeah. But yeah, in the end, it didn't work out. Um, because the Wii was on the way the next year, the GameCube kind of suffered a little bit as far as, you know, games that came to it. I think the biggest one that came out that year, I think, was Mario Strikers, mm-hmm. which just got a, uh, you know, a new entry this last summer yeah, or uh, a few weeks or, you know, uh, about a couple days ago as of this recording. But, you know, don't tell anybody. So that year, I think the best selling game was Gran Turismo 4, which is fine. I'm not a huge racing guy outside of Mario Kart, yeah. but it seems just kind of like a boring game to be the best of the year. Uh, some good games, some announcements, and uh, some some definite disappointments there. And then the next year uh, that I looked into was uh, one that I think you know very well, Push. It's uh, 2021 mm. as yep. one of the potential worst years ever. So what would you say was your favorite game from 2021, speaking of it? Uh, you know, um, to be honest, I don't think I really, like, picked up any new new games. Like, a lot of the games are just rehashes of old stuff. Like, you had, like, what, uh, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, mm. which is, like, 90% a Wii U game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you played games that came out different years, but you didn't pick them up until 2021. Yeah. And, yeah. like, thinking about the, all, all the games that came out in that year, there wasn't that many good ones, really. No, no. Yeah, I, I remember at the end of 2021 kind of not having a lot to choose from, I guess, in my mind. There just wasn't a lot of, like, standout contenders. Yeah. Um, I, I think in the end, I went with Psychonauts 2, which I really enjoyed. And then um, Chicory, which was the mm-hmm. little dog paintbrush game. That one was fantastic. Um, I know Metroid Dread was a big one for a lot of people, but that definitely did not jive with me like most Metroid games. And, you know, you could argue that 2020 was maybe a worse year for gaming development, but 2020 was when everything like came to a halt. And I think we felt it in 2021 with Mm -hmm. a, a lack of games or a lack of quality games. Yeah. It was almost just like, well, here's all the things that have been in development for a long time and they just so happen to be pushed to 2021 Mm -hmm. so um i did check out uh metacritic and they do like an end of year where they look at developers and publishers and they say okay here's like the number one developer that made you know games with the highest average score and it was xbox game studios actually had the highest average score for 2021 and then it was sony and then it was humble games and for the first time in 12 years nintendo didn't even make the top 10 oh wow I believe they were 14th on the list because they just like didn't put out that many things. And the things they did put out were just like pretty good, but not like amazing. Yeah. Like they had like uh, the Skyward Sword. Yeah. uh, HD, which was like not that good. Yeah. It was okay. I didn't get very far into it before I kind of just bailed on it. Yeah. I really wanted the button controls to work well and and they did, but I don't know. It was just kind of awkward the way that they had it set up. So, yeah, 2021, a lot of people probably are aware that that wasn't the best year in gaming. I don't think it was the worst. I know we lost uh, some important people. John Madden died. Not that he Mm -hmm. was a huge gamer, but he's obviously a big part of gaming, you know, history with the Madden series. And um, the lead architect of the NES and the Super NES from Nintendo, he also died. He was 78. Masayuki Uramura. So... Uh, yeah. 
we're going to put things on a pause for a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. Memory Card. That's us. That's right. We're our own sponsor. And if you'd like to support us, you can leave a four or five star review on the podcasting platform of your choice or follow us on Twitter at MemCardShow. But Ben, what about our fantastic patrons? Of course, of course. In fact, our wonderful patrons over at Patreon are really what make this show possible. And if you are feeling extra supportive, you can head over to patreon.com slash memcard. Every single one of our patrons gets access to early and ad-free episodes. Higher tiers include bonus episodes, shout-outs, stickers, and more. We certainly hope you'll check it out and consider becoming one of our lovely patrons. Once again, that's patreon.com slash M-E-M-C-A-R-D. What's our sticker for this season, Push? Well, since it's our eighth season, we actually have this wonderful little robot, Octorok. And it was actually illustrated by my friend, uh, Midoribin. You can follow her on Twitter at Midoribin underscore art. Very cool. Eight legs for eight seasons. I like it. I like it. Well, thanks for taking the time to hear us out. Let's go ahead and get back to the show. There was one game that came out that does almost redeem it, and that's uh, The Binding of Isaac Repentance. <laughs> you and your Binding of Isaac. <laughs> you love that game too much. I know, that was probably easily your most played game. Yeah, especially um, considering all the platforms I played it on. And Repentance like doubled the content in the game. Wow. Push, I'm going to tell you something right now. You can't, you're not allowed to get mad at me, okay? Okay. I've never played Binding of Isaac. That's okay. That's just it? the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hate it, so it's okay. I don't. You're right. I don't hate it. I, I mean, I... You just don't have an opinion. Yeah. Like, it looks fun. I, I, get, I should check out and see if it's on Game Game Pass or something. I, like, I wonder if you would like it, because, like, I think, like, the aesthetic, like, I think you wouldn't like the aesthetic at all, mm. but the gameplay is good. Because I'm so religious. No, no, I just, I like, I know that, uh, like, the games that you like, they tend to have, like, a very... Cheery You know, like, outlook. cute, cheery style. That's true. And Bind of Isaac is pretty depressing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I like, like, Returnal and stuff, and that's kind of, like, dingy and grimy mm-hmm. in spots. But, yeah, all right, okay. Well, now you're making me want to go try it. Yeah. You know, then I can form an opinion, and we can argue about it or something, but... If you buy the, the Switch version, I think it has, like, some slowdowns. Hmm. Okay. It's not, well, not the super... We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm going to see if it's available for free anywhere. For Well, not for free. I'm going to see if it's on Game Pass. And if it's not, then yeah, we'll, we'll see. I can play it with you when I visit you in Japan. Yeah. Okay. So, drum roll, please. <laughs> oh, you know what? I want you to guess because it makes it more fun. What year do you think ended up being the worst year in modern gaming history according to me? Um, I want to say one of the Wii U <laughs> years just because... The Wii U um, had such an awful, awful um, couple of years. Yeah, you are correct. And that was like, what, five years ago, six years ago? So, was that 2018, 2017? Oh, look, go further back. No, no, the Wii U came out in 2012, man. Yeah, so 2015? Ooh, so close, 2014. Okay. Good job, good job. Yes, yeah, so I have narrowed it down to 2014 being the worst year in gaming. So let me set the scene here for you. If you don't remember 2014, I'm going to I'm going to take you back. Kanye West and Kim Kardashian got married. Mm. It's the only time we'll ever mention them on this podcast. <laughs> um, Robin Williams sadly passed yep. away. Uh, the Winter Olympics were held in Sochi, Russia. Um, the Ice Bucket Challenge was a big viral thing. Ah, uh, yeah. I remember that. Frozen came out in movie theaters and everyone let it go. 
and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy also came out. That was a big one. I feel like a lot of people didn't think that was going to be a very good movie. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being really fun. Yeah. So, fun year. Uh, Happy by Pharrell, I think, was the number one song that year uh, from mm. the Despicable Me, I want to say. It's been a while since I've uh, watched that movie or heard that. But you are correct that the Wii U was kind of in full swing, uh, if you could call it that. Uh, that was its second full year. PS4 was kind of like fresh out of the box. So was the Xbox One. Um, and the early years were a little rough for both of those systems. I don't know if you remember, but the Xbox One, they kept pushing it as like a multimedia, like, yeah. oh, it's going to control your TV. Yeah, it's it's everything in your living room. Yeah, it's going to, like, you're going to be able to integrate. You're going to be able to watch football while you play football. Yeah, if you can't have enough football. Right, you can never have enough football. So no new major consoles were released in 2014. Um, I think the new Nintendo 3DS was uh, released in certain parts of the world, and there was a new model of the Vita, which everyone knows is a great success. Um, Being sarcastic for those of you who don't know. What? It means life. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's... It's dead now, unfortunately. I, I love the Vita. I have one. I mean, it's one of my favorite little Sony, you know, devices. It, it might it might need its own episode now that I think about it. Maybe just the PSP and the Vita. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a bad idea. On social media, unfortunately, this was the year that Gamergate began, uh, which was essentially like a harassment campaign yeah. um, for like game journalists and a lot of like... Love, um- women and minorities in gaming. Yeah, and it was kind of weird because 2014 was kind of right when I was getting into writing about games and doing freelance stuff, and most of that started off at Kotaku, where a lot of that went down. A lot of the anger was directed towards that site, and so I I knew people on staff who were getting, you know, like, doxxed and sent knives in the mail and stuff, and I was just like, gosh, this sucks. Yeah, like, (laughs) why is this happening? So... That wasn't great. You know, it's never good when the, like a culture war starts and people yeah. are really angry at you. But uh, let's let's talk about a few good things here, some good games. Um, despite the Wii U kind of flailing, and we'll talk about that in a bit, this was probably the best year for the Wii U. This was when we had Smash Brothers for Wii U. This was mm-hmm. when we had Mario Kart 8 and Shovel Knight, yeah. Bayonetta 2. And then there were other big games like Dragon Age Inquisition. There was uh, Dark Souls 2, uh, Hearthstone, Titanfall, Naughty Dog celebrated its 30th anniversary. Destiny came out, which was a little rough at the beginning uh, with the story and the voice acting and everything. But, uh, you know, it's it still has a nice following today. So obviously they kind of turned things around. Atari emerged from bankruptcy and then was like, yes, we're going to go into casino marketing. Which is like, I don't know, that just seems kind of crappy to me that this, you know, yeah. famous gaming company was like, we're going to go into gambling. 2K Games discontinued the MLB 2K series, which was super popular. Nintendo discontinued the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection servers for the Wii and the Nintendo DS. And in June, Electronic Arts shut down more than 50 multiplayer games that they had like going on their servers. Mm. So things are not going super super great let's see in 2014 how old would we have been we would have been like 25 ish yeah i guess so around there so i was you know still teaching were you at this point uh teaching in japan yeah um i think this was it the year that i started uh source gaming i know your background pretty well but i don't know that 
<laughs> so yeah, it was, it was 2014. There you go. Was the the year of Source Gaming. Oh man. And and my um my journey into video game journalism and the industry. Cool. All right. See, so there's some bright spots. This was when you and I kind of uh you know entered. Yep. Uh, made ourselves made ourselves known, and now look at us, big big wig millionaires, living <laughs> it up, <laughs> making all the games we want to make. Yeah. So um, a game that, that came out that year that I think was supposed to be like a really big one, I remember like the hype around it was huge, was Watch Dogs, the original mm. Watch Dogs by Ubisoft. Yeah, that was supposed to like change gaming forever. Right. And that was kind of a big bust. I feel like it did not deliver. It, yeah, it was just was not great. They also remade the Thief video games. There was like the, yep. an old series and they're like, we're going to redo it. And they're like, yeah, like new visuals and new gameplay and it just ended up like bombing like super hard and also and this one was brought up by multiple sites when i looked into like the most disappointing parts of 2014 Uh, apparently during a playstation event in december the final fantasy team got out there and was like hey we're bringing final fantasy 7 to playstation 4 and everyone's like yay and they're like yeah we're porting the uh old version from the pc (laughs) so everybody was waiting on that remake which obviously has since come out and everyone has loved but there was like immediately like some hype backlash they're like yeah finally that game we wanted like oh it's the old version (laughs) it's like what happened when they uh, announced the diablo immortal oh right yeah, this is for phones. Like, what? Yeah. The worst. And it's finally out, and I uh, hear it's pretty good, despite microtransactions. Mm-hmm. So, you never know. But like you said, the Wii U era in general, you know, it was just a bad era for Nintendo. Yeah, I was expecting, like, later in the Wii U era, just because, like, I remember that, especially that last year, like, before the Switch came out, mm-hmm. there was no games coming out for the Wii U. Right. Yeah, it was rough. And and this was kind of the start of that drought of third party yeah. support because like at this point it was kind of apparent that the Wii U was like flopping. It was not doing well. Yeah. And so like Ubisoft and EA were like, you know, we're gonna pull, you know, we're not gonna have our main teams working on this. We're not gonna put a lot of backing behind it because we don't think it's going anywhere. And so it really started to limit the scope. You know, I mean, great games came out. The ones I mentioned, along with like Hyrule Warriors, I think Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze came out that year, which one of my favorite games. But yeah. You know what also came out that year? What? The, Bi- the Bind of Isaac Rebirth. <laughs> which um, wasn't, <laughs> I think that was like the one that wasn't that, that good. That wasn't that good? Yeah, yeah. There's like an expansion that kind of like messed up the game. Mm. Yeah. I mean, just the Wii U in general, this is kind of the point where you realize that things are going downhill and it's not really going to bounce back, even though this was Mm -hmm. the best year that, you know, it had as far as sales. You just didn't see the support. You didn't see people buying it. This was the year that Amiibo were announced and also came out. And that was cool and fun, but they were a little pricey, I think, for some people. And also they were like really hard to find if you wanted some, you know, there's such limited quantities, which I'm sure some people are like, I love that. It's fun to like, you know, seek them out or whatever. But like, it was just also like scalpers were like, right. Yeah. It was a massive hassle for so many people. And that was just not, not fun. 2014 is also the year that gaming uh, was essentially bought by like every evil corporation that exists. And I say that like liberally because most, giant corporations are evil this was the year that amazon bought twitch 
mm-hmm. for $970 million. This was the year that Microsoft bought uh, Mojang developers of Minecraft for $2.5 billion. And this was the year that Facebook bought Oculus for $2 billion. Yeah. So all the big evil corporations are buying, you know, what were at one point, you know, indie studios or indie startups uh, that had become so big and profitable that they were worth billions of dollars, which is great for those, you know, companies, but it also kind of, you know, isn't great in a way. Lots of buggy games, lots of like broken games came out. I mean, that was one of the big issues that they had with uh, Watch Dogs and they're like the Halo Master Chief collection had that problem. There was a game called Drive Club for the PlayStation. But the biggest one, I don't know if you remember this, was Assassin's Creed Unity. Mm-hmm. And this was the Assassin's Creed that I believe was set in Paris. And there was like all these issues, especially on the PC version, where like people's faces would disappear, like their face skin would disappear. And they'd have all these like creepy. Yeah, yeah. I remember those screenshots. Yeah, <laughs> they're terrified. But there's all sorts of like unexplained technical issues it was so bad that people who bought the season pass to get all the like you know dlc and stuff ubisoft was like okay listen like we know this game is like so buggy that we're gonna like take the season pass away and if you bought it we're gonna give you a free ubisoft game and we're gonna give you like the upcoming dlc for free like everybody's gonna get it Mm -hmm. and it's funny because if you claimed your game like your free game after buying the season pass and being disappointed, you forfeited your right to sue Ubisoft. Oh, of course. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> you can't sue us. We gave you Just Dance 2015. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. So, yeah. That was like a huge misstep on their part. I mean, Assassin's Creed continues to be very popular and profitable, but this was considered one of the worst games, not just because of the bugs. Like, people just didn't like the game yeah. um, a lot. And uh, so it kind of made Ubisoft step back and be like, okay, maybe we won't rush these out the door as quickly as we have been mm-hmm. because... Yeah, they couldn't do the, the Call of Duty series-like uh, development cycle. Right, yeah, <laughs> every year just cranking it out. I mean, you probably can, but you have to have the people and the manpower and the talent yeah. to actually pull it off. So, And the last part of 2014 that I want to talk about is PlayStation Now. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that we talk about this because as of recording, I believe today was the day that PlayStation Plus kind of absorbed PlayStation Now. And yeah. if you're like... I'm hearing this, you know, in October. Well, we're recording this in June. So (laughs) that's why. So PlayStation Plus has just today become PlayStation Plus Extra and PlayStation Plus Essential. And that's kind of like I said, taking everything that PlayStation Now was and including it, um, which is kind of a way to compete with uh, Game Pass on the Xbox, the PC. But uh, back in the day in 2014, this was when the open beta launched for PS Now and a lot of people got on board and it was a streaming system just like Game Pass and it was on the PlayStation 3, the PlayStation 4, PS Vita I believe you could do it on and then there was a thing called the PS TV and it wasn't super popular but it was essentially just like a little box you could hook to your TV to say like oh I'm going to play PlayStation games but you you basically just wanted it to get PlayStation Now so you could stream games. Yeah. And, you know, PlayStation Now is touted as, like, the Netflix of video games. Like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be revolutionary. And it's funny because I don't think a lot of people remember the initial pricing. 
because it wasn't like it is today. It wasn't even like it was a year ago back in 2021, which was you paid like for a month or you paid for three months. When it first launched, PlayStation Now was like every individual game, you had to rent it for a certain price Mm -hmm. and you picked the time period. So you could rent it for four hours or for a week or for 90 days, which is like wild. And some games had like Mm -hmm. different, like some games you could rent for a month, but it was, and here's, here's a breakdown, Darksiders, which was a game that was pretty cheap at the time. You could pay $4.99 for four hours, which is an extreme total ripoff, $5.99 for five days, $7.99 for 30 days, or you could spend $14.99 for 90 days, you know, three months Mm -hmm. essentially. But like you could buy the game for $14.99. You know what I mean? Like you could walk into GameStop and get it for probably cheaper than that. Or, you know, I mean, this is essentially like Blockbuster, but on your PlayStation 3. Yeah, with extra steps. Right, yeah. extra money. <laughs> exactly. So, like, the business model was terrible. If your business model is worse than GameStop, you've done something bad. Mm-hmm. You've, you've made a misstep. And so this was kind of a, you know, no one really wanted to pay that much money to try these games. They didn't feel like it was worth the effort. Uh, there were some problems with the streaming where it got kind of choppy and, you know, the games wouldn't play as well. I, I think overall the experience was decent, but for how much it costs, it was not, yeah. not good. And they did eventually change the subscription model. I think they changed it, I mean, almost like a year in after the beta. Um, and they changed it so it was like $20 a month or $45 for three months. And then later it was like 100 bucks a year or something. And those prices like went down as the years went on and they added more games. And it finally became something that could compete with Game Pass. And then they kind of just whoosh, merged it into you know, what it has become today. So that's it. That is, those are my findings, uh, you know, based on my dedicated research. 2014 was the worst year in modern gaming history. So just, you know, next time you think, oh man, I'm in the worst year in gaming history. You know, maybe you think that that's now, maybe that's 2022 for you. You know, it could be worse. It could be worse. It could be 2014. Or it could be 536 and the sky could be covered in volcanic ash. So, (laughs) things can always get better. Right. Or worse. (laughs) That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Our intro and outro music was crafted by talented chiptune composer Jamatar. You can find more of his banging beats by searching Jamatar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify or visiting Jamatar.com. This episode and every episode in Season 8 was edited by audio superstar Mikey Yankovic. If you have any feedback on the podcast or would like to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter, at MemCardShow, or you can visit our website, memorycardshow.com. If you'd like to follow Ben and I, we can be found at SuperBentendo and at PushDustin, respectively. Have you considered supporting Memory Card on Patreon? If not, we hope you will. Currently, we're supported by quite a few awesome people, all of which get access to early, ad-free episodes. These people include Jackson Bertoli, Courtney Cotton, Taylor Bias, Cody Sam, Michael Strickland, Jorge Bajija, Manuel Vitella, Shala, Sandra L., Nick Callis, 
Jaehoon Jeong, Sean Marafini, Joseph Bayer, and Brock Delabrew. All of our Patreon info can be found on the support section of our website or on patreon.com slash memcard. We'll be back really soon with some more gaming history goodness, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you've enjoyed the show. We'll see you soon.